No, you haven't. And um, yeah, now now we're speaking. Now we meet in the uh, in the cyberspace. You damn right, we do. Mm. As we do every week on a Thursday. Yeah. Why did it become Thursday? I don't know. Thursday. Thursdays is just uh, everyone loves fucking Thursday, don't they? Um, tomorrow's Friday. Um, but yeah. For 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 uh, but how do, does that even matter anymore? Like you know, we used to love Thursday because it was like um, you know, it's Friday and then we get to fucking sit at home and watch sports or something on the weekend. But like um, now with everyone working from home and whatever else they're doing, like it's sad that Thursdays are going to maybe lose their significance. Yeah. Cause I think what it's represented so far in culture is it's like the promised day. Cause it's not quite Friday. It's the last day, but you can feel it. It's like the promised land day. Mm. So you just get excited when it's Thursday. There's this little bit of air of optimism that you ne- you've nearly finished the work week. Yeah. So, but in our case, this is like, this is our work and work is not a chore. Work is bliss. So for us, we could do it any old day, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think so too. Like just uh, every, every, every day is a Thursday. Every day is a Thursday, huh? Yeah. We've got a new episode name for the podcast, Every Day is a Thursday. That's, that's, that's <laughs> it really like is. You, you can make it a Thursday, can't you? Like you, could, you, can, make yep. a, you can make any day a Thursday. You can just you feel like, like a that. party on Thursday. Like a Thursday night party is fucking wild because it's like you've got work the next day, but it's like, yeah, but tomorrow's Friday. So like you can just get real loose and you feel kind of naughty for getting so loose on a Thursday night. So again, there's Thursday's not only uh, the promised land day, it's also like a sexy day. Like there's just this like magic in the air that I can do whatever I want. So we've been trying to, um, break through from capitalism for a long time. You know, I think like we've always been uh, a bit rebellious towards it as a society. Jeez. Can you feel Nick? Yeah. But the, the problem with that is, is I, I met up on the street with a, with a friend of mine yesterday and he was like, what, what are you? You like, met him on a, the street? Ah, oh, it's this guy. Or, I, I know. Did you plan, was it a planned meet? It was not planned. It's oh, yes, you bumped into him. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I bump into him occasionally. Um, and um, on, the, on the streets of Perth, and um, he, um, the way we started the co- conversation, it was because like, I think our last conversation ended in a way where he's like, who is that guy? You know, and he's like, he's an older gentleman. And I had a great conversation with him. But the way he opened the conversation is like, where, what are you? Where are you from? And I'm like... I was like, oh, fuck, how do I really identify myself? And I, 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 I said, I'm a, I'm a capitalist. That's how I like identified myself. And then we, we had a great, you... we had a great convert. We had a great conversation. Yeah. And, okay. So you said yeah. that to him the first time you met him? No, no, this is like, this is like after, after a while, he's like, I felt like he was like, well, oh. what, like he was asking me that question. It was like, what are you like? What do you identify with? What is it like? Where are you from? What yeah. is it like? I suppose, I suppose that was like, you know, the, the question and the thing that I was like, what fuck? the thing that just came to my head was like, I'm a, I'm a capitalist. <laughs> yeah. And so you saying that with like a tint of irony or are you saying that with a tint of sincerity? Yeah. Sincerity, sincerity. 
Okay. So what, what makes you a capitalist? Let's, let's dive into that. Um, I suppose it's like, I view like, uh, I view that. Yeah, that's a real good question. And the best way I can Mm. sum it up is, is like, I, I, um, basically look at how, what's in it for me, basically. He said this thing is like, he said, he said, he said, he said, uh, he said, um, there's another word for it. A rentier. Yeah. That's probably one way to think of it. A, a red tier. A, a rentier. Like, that's what he said. Like, a rentier. Yeah, I think that's in, I never in heard French that or German. Or, I don't know. French. Yeah. En français. Oui. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the best okay. way to put it first is yeah, like uh, what, what, what do I? I think put your money where your mouth is is a good way to sort of explain it. But it's like. Um, that's the best way I could, um, that's the best way I can describe it. Like you gotta, you gotta put your interests first, like, and to put your interests first, like, what do you think? What do you believe in? And, um, what is that? What is that based upon? And, um, then, you know, making decisions from that as opposed like, Oh, what is every, what is everyone else doing? Like, um, how, how should I live my life? Um, based on based on that instead of thinking like okay this is important to me and this is this is what I want to do so then um, I'm gonna I'm gonna build around this so I I believe that capital in this age we used to think of capital as something very like material I think now it's turned into a meta almost like metaphysical thing in the sense that I believe a good idea is capital and um if you can if you invest your energy into that um you can you can build something up that people people like and um then there can be a transaction that can occur in the form of currency or or whatever whatever you want whatever you whatever the two parties are happy to transact in and um then you know we that's how we all network and we all build upon ideas of a solid foundation that's what i mean by a capitalist Mm. so it's an interesting when i look at you i see someone who's stepping into like um their groove their stride and and is becoming an innovator like um is almost like a visionary or a seer and, and that's an interesting, it's interesting how we have different um, pockets that we all fit in. We all have different roles in society. Um, and I kind of relate to you in terms of being a visionary and a seer. Like you maybe do it, well, I don't want to exclude you into just being a visionary in the tech world, but that seems to be predominantly where you've applied your trade in the last decade. Whereas for me, it's been in cinema, um, even though, you know, in cinema, like it's a gradual process, like I'm sure it is in tech as well, unless you kind of come up with some like, incredible invention like when you're really young like vitalik or i don't know how young bill gates was i think bill gates was like probably in his maybe even in his 30s i don't know probably in his 20s i guess do you know how old he was when he kind of invented microsoft yeah he was he was pretty young hey it was definitely it was definitely um it was definitely young and it's um it's interesting like the sort of like a lot of these like um 
sort of uh, characters, right? They have almost like a, like a cult following around them. Um, and yeah, cults are something I've been interested in in the past week, but that's another side tangent. Um, mm. And they sort of base their sort of where they invest, like allocate additional ca- capital based on like uh, ideology, right? And um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see where sort of like Bill's ideology has taken him now when he's very involved uh, politically and uh, yeah, mm. compared to um, other, other tech personalities, uh, I don't know, very different, like Steve Jobs to me very much represented like some sort of like uh um what's the word of like what was going on like in the woodstock type vibe hey he's a he's a child of that sort of era yeah 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 kind of right yeah 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 and he's like he's known for his like he's known for being like the I don't know, like he, he's like made the archetype of like being like the horrible Silicon Valley boss that like yells at everyone and like everyone like works, but everyone's like, everyone loves his vision. Right. And it's interesting even to, to see like, uh, he, he had a vision as well for the Apple circle, right. The new Apple campus, which is like a circle. Right. And, um, you, you were telling me, I never got around to reading about it, but there was like a book and a movie about that. And I kind of get what where they're coming from. I just never like, I just never read it. Like, um, I get what they're sort of saying, that there's like religious vibes c- almost connotated to a lot of these, mm. um, to a lot of these, um, to a lot of these like uh, Silicon Valley type, uh, whatever, even it. today. It- but like, yeah, anyway, so you had Steve Jobs and like, uh, and Bill Gates, right, um, or whatever. But like, yeah, that's um, that that it's there's also like uh, it's interesting that they've definitely made a mark on like the computing and whatever landscape or whatever. But it's like, I think now we found a, I we find find ourselves in this like interesting crossroads with a lot of this in this tech world, and that is to do with like open source, which is. You know, I think it says it all now when, like, even Microsoft has adopted, like, a lot of open source. They, like, maintain a lot of open source projects and all this sort of shit. And, like, oh, yeah. I know Bill Gates is not really involved in Microsoft anymore. And it's sort of like, you know, he went on his own mm. way. Microsoft still kind of, like, is around. And they're, they're, very, they're very different companies now. But it's like, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's all... Um, it's all relative, I guess. It makes you think that like, did if, if you're someone like in Bill Gates's position where you start such an empire and then it runs totally fine without you and it has almost like a life of its own, you wonder like, would that empire have happened anyway? Like it could have been called a different name, but you almost can't help but feel that like if Bill Gates didn't start that empire, that it would have come up through some other means. And um and that really he was never in charge of it. He was just like on the face of it, he was. You know what? That this thing has a life of its own. You know own. what's really interesting to look at? Like computers and shit, like ads for like how people using computers and like connecting to the internet in like the 90s and how they talk about it and shit. And like, if you look at it, it almost looks, I don't know, for some people it's funny or uncanny or this or that. But it's like, that's what I view like Microsoft and like essentially Apple did in a lot of ways. They made like uh, 
computers accessible in the same way Nokia made mobile phones accessible to a lot of people. And in the same way that um, Edison made the light bulb accessible, whereas it had been invented 22 times before um, Newton actually managed to, was it, no, sorry, Edison, not Newton. Um, Thinking of different things here. Um, 22 times the light bulb was patented and tried to be made viable and sold on the market before Edison came in and, um, you know, made it viable. And, you know, I read that this could be the fact that, you know, he understood how to market the light bulb. Cause you'd think that when the light bulb was invented that everyone would want a light bulb and everyone would want electricity, but it seemed that it was challenging for people to get it to catch on as a trend. So it's like that famous idea that like, once you've made the product, you know, you feel really um, satisfied and like you've achieved something. And then it's just like, great, that's about 10 or 20% of the work. Now the other 80% is marketing. How are you going to bring the product? Huge. To... How are you going to, huge, isn't it? How are you going to send the message to the people that you've, cause like now I could have invented the fucking best shit ever. Right. But like, if right. people don't know how to fucking use it, what the fuck it is, what the fuck it does, like it can be super like like you know it can be super confusing right um think about yeah and there's even that lag period right it was huge between like you could send an email in the 90s but it wasn't until like someone fucking put it on an ipad where you swipe a button and like you can just like send it that people actually started using it and that was probably like 15 20 years later yeah man and it's like it's gradual but it's also exponential it's such a interesting and then what happens is like as a collective consciousness the first person that pioneered say the mobile all of a sudden as that rises to prominence everyone else starts to pay attention and they start to like we're like this interconnected web of energy that builds these projects up and i guess it's really about um you know going back to the roots of free market capitalism supply and demand and uh, like a mainstream product it's like what the people want really dictates um, what gets made. But then the thing is people don't really know what they want. And that's where that weird loop starts. People don't know what they want, but yet what people want is what creates the market. It's like a a paradox. And then a lot of times people want it because other people want it, you know? That's why the hardest sale is the first sale. And then once you get, you know, it's again, it's exponential. It's like in the music industry, you know, most musicians make no money a few make a little bit and then even fewer make so much money. Like the one, the 0.1% make 99% of the money. Um, and you see that curve a lot, not only in nature in the spiral, uh, where the, you know, the little dot in the center could be considered to be the 0.1% and then how it just expands exponentially. Um, we also see it in like our fields, um, man like just writing a dissertation on humanity as a whole hey and just seeing like all the patterns between like the different domains that human beings exist in like marketing software creativity like there's i bet that there are so many patterns that run that prevail through all those different streams of things you know yeah yeah and i think it's weird that like like I think a society where it doesn't like uh, sort of like box people into like one thing. Right. And just like, uh, I, I think where we're headed is a more arrangement where like, uh, all right, here's an idea you buy into it, like, or whatever you, you get involved and in, like, how can I like participate? Um, maybe you're going to buy shares in the project or whatever. 
and then you're just like, oh, what can I do to, to make this better? Because um, then if, it, if it's successful, I get a return on my share in, in this idea, right? And so it's all very up to like, I think, I think a world in, that, in where people interacting in that way, um, those people are going to like exponentially and much faster build. Thrive. Yeah, and build, build so up. Um, what, yeah, what we're arriving at is business building. is an ideas game. Business is an ideas game, really. Well, yeah, that's where it all starts. Big time. Everything yeah, big clusters time. around the ideas. Yeah, and so far, a lot of these ideas—the way we would build up these ideas and the ideas that we use um, as a foundation in what I was calling before, like the material world, when we were in this material capitalism world. Um, it's very like that. Look, they did some awesome shit. Like I'm not. I always say, like whoever builds anything, whatever you build, whatever you create, I'm like, fuck. You've put time and energy into that. That is that is that is a gift to the world, right? Um, but I think now that everyone's sort of come around to this thing where we all have these digital windows that we're communicating with people or all around the world with, and it's just like you know, there's no like, there's no, there's a lot less limitations for like. Um, incredible um, collaboration to happen, and um, I think it's uh, it's 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 enabled us to be a lot more creative. And um, because at the end of the day, it's like a lot of this, a lot of these places are where are they conceived? We can say they're conceived in the mind or whatever the fuck, like. But it's definitely in like a, in like a, almost like it's not within the material realm. And then a lot of times we were like just. I don't know, through whatever way you do it, like transfer it to like the material. If you're a painter, you'll paint it. If you're a filmmaker, you'll, you'll film it or whatever you do. Or if you, if you're, if you're a software developer, you'll write, you'll write it. So it's like, um, yeah. And I think, you know, all those, all those, a lot of the time, all that centered around some idea, right. And it has momentum and people and people work together and everyone, you know, if that idea profits, like you can think of this even as like a company that even, they even have to have commercials. Right. So then they'll, you know, they'll pay, they'll hire other people to be, and they're temporarily, you're like working for that idea. Right. And you're developing it because it's already had some success. Yeah. So and that's what I mean by because... um, capitalist and cap and all that and all that sort of stuff. I don't think there's any shortage of good ideas out there. I think there are so many good ideas. I think people carry and are tuned into so many of these great ideas, but where the challenge seems to come in is the agreement of the people. And what I've learned from, I'm going to paraphrase it to like um, a parallel, I should say to directing. Cause that's what I know is I think exceptional leadership is the best way to go about manifesting something that involves the agreement of the people. Like, you know, if it's something that you're just doing by yourself, you can manifest it easily because it's independent on anyone else. Yeah, and there's, start, some, there's something about like good leaders lead. Hey, they don't like, I don't know. Like, I think a lot of people currently in leadership positions, I think I, I see a lot in my experience in like, you know, um, what are we going to call this? Like uh, a legacy world or whatever. Like the, the, there's more micromanaging going on than leading. And that is the death of all productivity. Yes. Cause that leader isn't even able to focus on his vision now. Cause he's bloody micromanaging, which takes you away. Micromanaging implies that there's an issue, you know, like otherwise you wouldn't have to foresee 
you know, once, once the vision's clear, you know, you wouldn't need to do any more micromanaging. You'd have constructive conversations. Yeah, a lot of these organizations are so built up of so many managers and so many fucking HR departments and all this stuff that's centered around productivity and all this stuff. Yet here's me and you saying they don't do any fucking productivity. I don't do anything productively. Well, very little. Very oh, little. Well, anyway, Again, yeah. 80 20 rule. 20, yeah. 20% of people do 80%. That's just of me being harsh. Results. Sorry, guys. It's <laughs> There's truth to it, I think. I, not only have I observed that as a truth in corporations I've worked for in the past, um, you know, there's also a lot of data to show output and show like where um, the 80 20 rule can be applied, allegedly, that, um, you know, 20, like I say, 20% of the people produce 80% of the results and that that's scalable across all companies. And that sometimes it could even be as little as 10% of people produce 80% of the results. So it's like, are we operating at maximum efficiency in these companies? No, probably not. Probably almost all the time in modern capitalism, are we not operating even close to an effective efficiency? However, like I approach, cause I'm an entrepreneur and I, I guess you could call me my, like my uh, approach to life and entrepreneurship uh, with my film company, my media company, and I work for myself and I time my work. And what I've been noticing about my work recently, because I work for myself, so I'm motivated enough to work, but I don't have a, a whip. Like I'm not whipping myself to like do more, do more, do more. I find a right balance. I find that I work. Uh, let's see if you agree with this, Nick, in your field. Don't whip yourself, do guys. Stop whipping short, yourself. Like. I do short, sharp bursts of work. They could even be 40 minutes or they're rarely more than an hour and a half. And when I do those bursts of work, I take breaks afterwards. And I find that the work is so highly concentrated and pure that I would normally probably stumble around in the dark for hours if I was um, in a situation in a corporation where I was forced to work. I'm not in the right headspace because I have to work. So I feel like a slave. So I feel lower in energy and lower in inspiration and I fumble around for ages. And then when you'd have lunch at the corporation, you'd never feel like going back to work after lunch because your body wants to digest. You want to chill out, having taken a break, having worked four hours consecutively. It's just all wrong, the way that we approach modern culture. But then from a micromanagement point of view, we want to get the most out of you. If we're paying the salary, we want, we want you to work eight hours a day. And there's no trust in that relationship. And there's no uh, health in that relationship. It's a, I want to suck you dry that's the energy behind it is wow. when you work for yourself and you realize that if you work in those sm small bursts, you actually get such a high concentration of work done that I find that in an hour and a half, I probably do more now than I did in eight hours working for a company because I'm so, my day builds up. Like, you know, if I go for a walk in the morning, when I come back, I feel so ready to do work and I'm in the zone. So I know exactly what to do. So I'm so highly effective and my, business model at the moment is essentially that I would um, run theoretically a successful media company working 10 to 15 hours a week on average. There you go. And if you sign up to my secret course um, for $49.99, actually you don't have to do that. You can just tune in next week and find out how to exit the corporate uh, fuck. What is it? The, the corporate dystopian fucking slavery whatever the fuck it is if you feel like you're entrapped in that come tune in next week where we we discuss what what is work what what actually is it and how do we how do we do it and how do we make good shit so thank you for tuning and in why do we do it
Yep. Why do we work? See you later. Yeah. We're going to be your co-hosts for that. And um, we have a plethora of experience between us, don't we, Nick? Having both exited the Matrix successfully in 2020. We have both left the Matrix, guys. Uh, I'm in a new one now. You're in a you're in a different matrix. Yeah. There's matrices. Yeah. Plural. They're not all bad. Is that the plural word for matrix? Yeah. Is matrices the plural. Now we're word? talking yeah, about okay, matrices. Yeah. Remember matrices. So have we drifted math? into a new? Have we drifted into a new world together then, Nick? Simultaneously. Um. Yeah. Are, I suppose. Are we in the same world, you and I? Um. Right now, yes, but um, maybe okay. in like ten minutes' time, I'll be in a different one. And then I'll meet you back in this one probably Thursday next week. So we seem to have these mutual coordinates that we abide by where we're able to meet once a week and we're just able to find each other in the quantum field. Yeah. You know, using our spidey sense. Yeah. <laughs> so are we doing are we doing half an hour shows now, Nick? Is that like the, yeah, well, I was, I was trying to fucking announce that and you just like extended the, the You're trying the to show. wrap up and I extend it because I'm used <laughs> to doing an hour. But hang on. I but think we're like in week. the 20s. So, yeah, <laughs> we can keep I know, going. But I want to I ask you one more question. Yeah, because we, yeah, sure. we hadn't discussed that before. Yeah, the show, but that's 30-minute that's shows. <laughs> we've got a few minutes of mic time left, I think. So this I was going to ask This you, is the encore. You, this is the encore. All right, this is the encore. Nick, when, <laughs> when are you gonna get when are you gonna get a dope setup like mine? Um, I don't know. Hey, I honestly, I I don't know when the when the when the um when when the cows come home. When the cows come <laughs> home. When the what are they called? When the chickens come home to roost, I guess. Or when I when I shear yeah. the sheep. When I I don't know. There's all this shit that I need to do. You know. My fucking animals but I heard from someone else they're all out there in different clothing. fucking um they're all out there in different yeah I know they're all out there all my animals are out there in the paddocks and I need to I need to round them up and uh, I need to get my I need to get my shit together in my virtual yeah. world what what is it is it time or is it money or is it um space what 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 needs to change for you to get a setup like mine I don't know like that's a really good question um time money what was you say or space and sp- and space because just so you guys know viewers who are listening um we've been this is episode i think 13 now and uh you know we're, we're taking this podcast to the next level so we can provide you with the best visual experience if you're listening to this via audio we're also going to be updating our microphones soon because we want to give you the best quality possible and that's the endeavor that nick and i have set out to achieve so you will see in the next six to 12 weeks vast changes in the visual and audio performance of this at, podcast. At this rate nick will probably be coming live to you from under a bridge somewhere next week is that because you're going to be homeless potentially yes but if that's what if that's what All happens right. to me that's what happens to me but nick will show up every week well, that's the guarantee. Yeah. And gradually we'll, um, so what, give us an ETA, Nick, as a sign off. How, how long, how long is it going to be until you get a setup like mine? Um, probably 2027. Fuck man. <laughs> that's a long time. That's a long time. Our skin tone is going to be completely different. Everyone's going to be looking at two toned people. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. That's that's seven what that's what that's what's coming to me now. Yeah, seven years of being under a bridge for me. Seven years of being underexposed as well in, in your <laughs> in your girlfriend's bedroom. <laughs> hey, man. Sign out. See you later.